My next guest is the host of the Locked On Packers podcast. I want to welcome on Peter Bergassi. Peter, is everything going for you? It's good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Washington really has not done much this offseason. Apparently, there's a rumor going out today that in addition to the, obviously, the big Carson Wentz contract they brought on, some of their limited spending is because they're budgeting for the McLaurin contract. Are you buying that at all? I mean, it would be nice that that they paid Terry McLaurin, right? I mean, you want to keep really good players, um, but I, I will believe it when I see it when it comes to Dan Snyder and actually doing the right thing when it comes to financially taking care of the right people. He likes to pay money. He just likes to pay money to usually the wrong people. Yeah. I'm hoping we don't have another Kirk Cousins situation because just pay him. Well, I mean, the good news would be if you had a Kirk Cousins situation, it would mean you had a a yeah. like above average starting quarterback, which would oh, be yeah. nice. But um, I don't I don't think Carson Wentz is that. So oh, not with that. I just mean, with no, no, I, I know contract. what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. But, yeah. um, I, you know, Terry McLaurin is is if you're going to do that, maybe on a with a better quarterback, like if you had Kirk Cousins, that's when you say, OK, let me try and play this year to year franchise me franchise me and then i'm going to walk and get the bag because i'm going to put up monster numbers is carson wentz the right guy to to do that with i don't i mean that seems like you're you're putting an awful lot of faith in carson wentz that i personally would not have no what would you make of the whole sam howell chicken tender conundrum from last week um i think sam howell is an interesting cat and uh I, I i support chicken tenders in all their forms and i just like let me go on record um, and I also do not believe in anyone who sauce shames. I do not believe in sauce shaming when it comes to tenders or, or really anything else. If you want to put, um, you know, salad dressing on your stuff, like whatever, that's fine. You, raspberry vinaigrette. If that makes you happy, that's fine. As long as you're not, you know, dipping it in my sauce, leave my sauce alone. Um, then, then I, I can't, I can't get too upset about any of that stuff. No, because it's like the start. If the starting quarterback of your favorite team walks into a party and he's got chicken tenders in his pocket because he didn't like what they were serving for the entree, is that a red flag to you? A little bit to me. No, no. no. Interesting. No, I, I, I appreciate everyone who handles their own blood sugar. That's fair. As, as the father of a toddler who is incapable of of modulating his own blood sugar, I'm responsible for his blood sugar and and all of his eating. I respect anyone who uh, is going to say, okay, now, now in the pocket, like. In the pocket is tough. Like, are we, is this is this um, your know, pocket might. hot dog guy? I mean, this I know we're going back to uh, uh, Jason Mantzoukas and, and his characters. But look, if if he was trying to be respectful and say, "Look, I'm not hungry," that's fine. It's fine with me. Yeah. Now, who do you think is going to have a seafood steak or burgers first? Your toddler or Sam Howell? Hmm. My toddler for sure, because my toddler loves shrimp um, and not steak so much, but he did have, he did have part of a cheeseburger for lunch oh, cool. today. So I just like the answer is, is undoubtedly my toddler. Yeah. No, it's, it's incredible. What do you think of Washington's draft class altogether? I don't think it really blew anybody away. It was still like a lot of safe picks, a lot of reaches. Yeah. I mean, I liked Sam Howell. I thought that was an interesting uh, play because it was like, okay, at a certain point, um, you're, you're, you're getting value with a guy that late, that was going to be, you know, the number, the number one overall pick like eight months before the draft. Right. Um, but I didn't understand Jahan Dotson at that spot, especially when you have Terry McLaurin and Diami Brown and Curtis Samuel on the roster. It seems like you have a lot of similar players. It's like, it's kind of like investing in four guards. It's like, they, they feel a little bit like that Phoenix suns team when they had, 
um, and so and Isaiah Drudge. Thomas, yeah, and they had all those guys, and like that that one year they were pretty good, right? But then ultimately they had to move on from some of those guys to get better pieces. I used, I didn't, I didn't understand the fit there. I thought um, Mathis, the defensive tackle from Alabama, was that was early, but I I try I try not to get bogged down in that stuff because I understand that these things are so subjective. Sure. Um, but I I just from like a process standpoint, which is what I think we can evaluate now. Yeah. This is a this is a team that has invested heavily on the interior of their defensive line and their defensive line in general. So what is he really bringing you that you're not getting from Deron Payne? I understand he's going into the last year of his deal, but like this is just not how you build a team in the year of our Lord 2022. Um, and then spending a top hundred pick on a running back when you have an awesome running back, that that doesn't make sense to me. Um, I liked Cole Turner from from Nevada, um, and and I, like I said, I liked. Um, Sam Howell, but when your, your best picks are, you know, your fifth round picks. Yeah. That's no, tough. No. Yeah. Dotson, would they grab him at 16? So obviously traded down. A lot of people thought they might move down and grab Hamilton and then Baltimore grabbed him. Dotson, I mean, like he's an undersized guy, Penn state. I mean, how many Penn state receivers are coming out that are balling out outside of like Allen Robinson. And there's right. some, there's a lot of other talented guys on the board. And with, with Mathis, nobody had him going that early. And it felt like, Obviously, Settle left and Ionitis got cut, and they maybe wanted to get some depth. But I don't know, second round pick is when you're going to grab a swing D tackle. So it's very, very interesting. And with, with, with the Packers, were you surprised they obviously had two first round picks, didn't grab a receiver, then obviously grabbed the kid from North Dakota State? What do you think of that draft? Uh, look, I, I can't be surprised, right? Because this is what the Packers do. And the Packers are just, they're going to be dogmatic about how they handle these things. We do what we do. That's, that is their, that is their model. And it has worked for them for, I mean, they've been the winningest franchise in the, in the NFC over the last 20 years. So how can you, how can you really fault what they, what they have done and what they have built? And you can say, okay, well, they had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And the reality is they made a big swing on a trade for Brett Favre and they stopped the Aaron Rodgers fall. There were 24 teams or 25 teams, whatever it is that had a chance to to draft Aaron Rodgers and they didn't, it was green Bay, a team that did not need him when they drafted him who took him and they have to get credit for that too. Yeah. So they're going to do unapologetically what they do. I, I didn't, again, I, I think we need to be careful about what we're evaluating here. Um, when we're talking about these draft grades, I think getting too much into the subjective gradiness of it all is not useful, particularly just because yeah. Everyone is bad at this when it comes to evaluating these players. Like just like no one is, 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 is really a great evaluator. There are just less bad evaluators. I think about it like baseball where the best hitters are, are hitting 320. Um, and in baseball now it's like the best hitters are hitting 285. Yeah. Um, and, and the bad, the bad players are hitting 220, 240. Um, now it's 180, 160, but uh, as long as you're hitting home runs, they're happy about it. And it's kind of the same way in the drafts, right? Like if you're the saints, you, you, you do all of this aggressive stuff, all of this finagling. And the one draft you have that is, that is just paradigm altering for you is the draft where you draft Marshawn Lattimore and Ryan Ramchick and Alvin Kamara in one draft. And you've totally remade your team and they didn't have to trade or do anything weird for Lattimore and Ramchick. They just got those guys and they did actually move up for Alvin Kamara, which seemed like a weird thing at the time. But I think you can evaluate process. And so when, when you look at, I, I think historical hit rates are really important. I don't think you can outsmart the draft. No. And I, th I think some teams do that. I think um, like for the Packers, for example, to, to take a, a linebacker at 22, when historically 
the league is really bad at deciding who's good and who's bad at linebacker. They're just historically, you are not really any more likely in the first round to find a good linebacker than in the second round and the third round and the fourth round. It's all really in, in that one uh, margin of standard deviation. So like, wh why don't be overconfident in your ability to scout these guys. They could have gone and said, okay, Christian Watson and Devonte Wyatt, let's say those are your guys. Take Devontae Wyatt at 22, take Christian Watson at 28. I don't love Devontae Wyatt enough to do that myself, but I'm not the one making those evaluation calls. I don't think that that's a useful conversation to have. But the difference, what, what you have to look at is the difference in the guys you could have gotten at 53. So they give up 53 and 59 to move up to 34. That means that rather than just take Watson, and Wyatt, if those are the two guys you want. And, and I think that makes more sense. Defensive tackle, the league is historically is actually pretty good at parsing who yeah. the defensive tackles are. First round, second round, um, the league has, is more often than not going to hit. It's the same at receiver. You can feel confident in your ability to evaluate receivers. I think sometimes teams are a little overconfident in their ability to evaluate players. Um, we have good evidence that if you go outside uh, the, the, the consensus, you're also less likely to hit than you would otherwise be. So I think that, that that's information. Austin Gale talked about this um, on a podcast the other day that like we have this information now and teams that aren't using it are, are just sort of stuck in a, a different age. Um, and if you had just done that, if you had taken Devontae White at 22 and Christian Watson at 28, now you save that second round pick. So the gap between Quay Walker and the next guy you could have taken, whether it's Troy Anderson or they could have taken N'Kobe Dean yeah. or one of these other guys, um, they were basically all available at 53 and 59. Um, they could have taken then one of them and gotten Alec Pierce, who went 53, Jalen Tolbert, who ended up going in the third round, who is apparently looks great in rookie camp. And I know it's just rookie camp for Dallas. Like th the lost value, the opportunity cost of taking that linebacker early, even if he's good, is going to cost you a second round value of a player. And that's what I disagreed with. That's and and if Quay Walker is going to be a good player, it's good. That's a good thing for your football team, right? Devontae Wyatt, if he's good, that's good for your football team. Christian Watson, if it's good, who cares what, what you paid to get him? Getting good players for your team is good, but good outcomes does does not have to undercut good process. And and good processes is, in my opinion, at least not not what they engaged in here. When they comped Christian Watson to MVS, did you kind of be like, oh, here we go again? <laughs> so my thing about this is it's, I don't want to call it a lazy comp because I, I understand um, the idea here. He's tall. He's skinny. He's a terrific downfield threat. And that is his best trait. He's not great in contested catch situations and he's not a great route runner. Okay. So your MVS point, I get it. If that's what you're going to make. But I think if you're, if that's the comparison you're making, you're missing something essential about Christian Watson's game. And that is his looseness as an athlete is far better than what Marquez Valdez Scanling was. And that's no shot at MVS, who was a terrific downfield receiver. He's one of the best deep threats in the game in 2020. He led the league in yards per catch, led the league in explosives with Tyreek Hill. With Tyreek Hill, like that's that's real. He was a, a good player. So I don't want this to seem like MVS slander. It's not. Um, but I think Watson is a much looser athlete, which means that he can be a better route runner eventually than we saw from MVS. And um, 
he can be more explosive after the catch in 2020. The Packers were seeing a lot of man coverage because in 2019, it was like Devontae Adams and who else, right? Geronimo Allison, Alan Lazard, these guys, they didn't scare anybody. And so teams were playing them a lot of single high early on and a lot of man coverage. And they're saying, we don't think if we put a safety over Devontae Adams that you can get anyone else open. And so what did Matt LaFleur do? He meshed teams to death. It's crossers all day and see if you can chase these guys around. And he led the league in open receiver rate and wide open receiver rate. And it worked. They were running these underneath crossing routes for, for MVS. And all of a sudden uh, he, he wasn't doing anything with them or he was dropping them or he would catch it and go out of bounds. He didn't have the flexibility to take that like a Debo Samuel or an AJ Brown or, you know, pick any, even, you don't even have to be a great receiver. There, there are plenty of receivers who can take those little underneath passes and turn four yards into eight or 12. That's just do that. And that was not something that MBS could do. Watch Christian Watson on tape. They used him in the backfield. I mean, how many six, four, 210 pound receivers yeah. get handoffs. Part of that is that's the North Dakota state offense. Yep. And all they want to do is run power and gap. And they just want to like beat you down and grind you into a pulp. But it's also because Christian Watson can do it. And you see the flexibility in his hips, his ankles. So I think he can develop into a better player. I said, I said pre-draft, there were five guys that I thought could be true X number one kind of receivers. Jamison Williams, Drake London, Traylon Burks, um, Christian Watson, and George Pickens. Not Garrett Wilson? Not, not Garrett Wilson. Um, I liked Garrett Wilson as a player. I liked Chris Olave as, as a player. I didn't think either of them were th that true. I'm going to just lock you up on one side, you know, like it's me and you cornerback. I've got the bunch on the other side of the two receivers on the other side, whatever, whatever you're, you're doing and just saying, okay, it's third and eight. I need you to get me 10. I need you to give me, you know, whatever, eight and a half. Um, I think, I think they cash out ultimately as like Adam Thielen, you know, like yeah. if he's your number one, you can have a solid offense, but he's not a true alpha number one. Um, and I don't think, I, I don't mean alpha, like you need to overpower guys because Stefan Diggs is an alpha number one and he doesn't overpower anyone. Justin Jefferson is an alpha number one and he doesn't overpower anyone. Um, Antonio Brown was an alpha number one. Um, I just don't think those guys were, were fit that profile. Um, and, and I think that, I think that Christian Watson could, I do think there is no substitute for size, especially when you have speed. Yeah. And we see that pretty consistently. So my, my comparison actually for Christian Watson was um, Robbie Anderson. Okay. That the, on the low end, he's Jets, Robbie Anderson. Okay. And then the sort of like down the line, like good outcome for him is Panthers, Robbie Anderson. You know what I mean? So like he, we, we saw him do more in Carolina. Yeah. We saw him like, oh, he can be a route runner. He can win and run a slant. Oh, he can win and run a skinny post and, and do more than just beat guys over the top. Um, and so I think that's that. And then on the, on the high end, like if he really maximizes his physical gifts, his physical gifts are unbelievable. Um, I think I think if he can, if he can, I don't know if this is something that you can really improve on. If he can get better in contested situations and you saw flashes of it in North Dakota state, I think there's like a 1% chance, maybe less, but like his, his top end, like this could feasibly actually happen is AJ green, I think. Um, and I said that before the draft, this is not Packers homerism. Don't come at me. I, I just think he's that physically gifted. 
Um, and and so we'll see. What, what do you think? What do you think they stack up right now in the NFC? Obviously, they won it. The kind of they won it last year. You've got the Rams coming back. They're reloaded. I've seen a little bit of a Andrew Whitworth. I don't think people are realizing how much that's going to affect them as as we will in Week One. You got Tampa. Obviously, Brady coming back. The Niners. I don't really know enough to make it. The Niners. There's really just kind of and then it's everybody else. Where do you think they kind of stack up? I think you you laid it out nicely there. I mean, I think there is a tier of teams. You know, we we get bogged down. I think in in arbitrary numbers. Like, oh, who are the top five teams? It's like, well, what if there are only four? Yeah. Or what if what if this is the AFC and there are eight? Um, I think there's three teams in the NFC. Because until we see Trey Lance play, uh, I don't know what to make of San Francisco. Yeah. And so I think the Rams are a little bit worse than they were last year. I think the Bucks are a little bit worse than they were last year. And maybe more than that, um, depending on how the offensive line shakes out and if Rob Gronkowski really does decide to, to retire, it sounds like he's going to retire. Um, and, and the Packers. I don't know that anyone else has done enough over the last six months to really get in that conversation. I think Arizona is still trying to figure a lot of things out. And now they have this suspension of DeAndre Hopkins. Seattle got way worse with Russell Wilson. Um, and then, you know, the NFC East, the Eagles, I, I don't buy it because I just, I don't know that Jalen Hurts has shown me enough to make me believe in them as a scary playoff team. Um, Dallas is worse than they were a year they're, ago. They're overhyping the Cowboys for no reason. I see a bunch of power rankings that have them at like eight. I'm like, how? I don't get it. I don't get it. And and I think your point about the, the Rams is really good. Um, Joe Noteboom right now is, is their starting left tackle. How, how's that going to work? They, they're going to start a rookie at guard, Logan Bruss who was their first pick in this draft. Um, and, and I think Logan Bruss is a nice player. They've had some success. Rob Havenstein, he's playing next to a Wisconsinite. Yeah. Um, both it's there. They're going to have the university of Wisconsin um, front, but for a guy like Matthew Stafford, who's had some injury issues, you, you'd really like to protect him. Yeah. And then what version of Allen Robinson are you getting? I, I saw a guy last year who wasn't playing hard, who didn't run routes hard, who didn't look explosive. Now, how much of that was, if you talk to some, some Chicago people, they'll tell you, yeah, well, he was unhappy. Uh, he knew Justin Fields wasn't that good. Uh, he didn't, he didn't like the coach and he didn't like that. All of a sudden Darnell Mooney was getting targets and it's sort of like, okay, well like run routes to win and, and maybe you'll, you'll, and, and so I just don't know where that, where that winds up. I think they're, they're worse. And so if you're green Bay, how much can you offset the, Offensive loss of Devontae Adams with in-house options at receiver. How much better can Amari Rodgers be? How much more involved in the passing game can Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon be? How can Josiah DeGuara uh, take a step at tight end? And then what are you getting from these rookies? In addition to how much better can your defense be? You get Jair Alexander back. That's huge. He gets the contract. He gets the bag and, and that's great. Can Eric Stokes take a little bit of a leap in year two? Can Russell Douglas maintain his level of play? Can Devondre Campbell? But you, you, the, 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 one of the questions I think you're going to ask and the pessimistic view of the Packers defense in particular is, well, Rashawn Gary played the best he's ever played. Devondre can't, now he's a young player. And so maybe that's real. Devondre Campbell played the best he's ever played. We'll see if that's real. Russell Douglas played by far. I mean, by freaking far the best he's ever played. Um, and so is that sustainable? Now on the other side, Darnell Savage might've had his worst season as a pro in a new defense. Um, and, and Kenny Clark had some injury issues that, that sapped some of his explosiveness for parts of the season. When he was healthy, he was dominant. He was dominant. Um, Preston Smith, 
um, you know, can he, can he get it back to more like 2019 levels? He played well last year um, after a, a, a dip in 2020. How much of the offensive loss can you mitigate with, with your defense? And, and if they can, and they, they invested a lot in that defense, Jaron Reed is, is now in the building to give them a little more interior pass rush. Like I mentioned, they brought back Campbell and, and Douglas. I think Eric Stokes has a chance to be really, really good. And I think we forget how good he was. Um, Pro Football Focus had a top 25 under 25. And I saw that Patrick Sertan was on the list and Eric Stokes was, was not. And I went back and double checked that they were almost identical in terms of some of the metrics that PFF has in terms of overall grade and coverage grade and all that stuff. And I'm just sort of like, so is this all just based on draft pedigree then? Is it just because we loved Patrick Sertan coming out and, and we thought he was a lot better than Eric Stokes that, that Sertan is on the list and Stokes isn't, I don't know. That just was an interesting thing to me. Um, so I think this defense can be awesome, but I thought they could be awesome last year and they weren't. So until they do it, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in wait and see mode about it. Who do you think are some of the kind of like the sleeper teams in the NFC? I think people, I don't think people are giving new Orleans a lot of credit. I think they can make some ways, obviously bringing on a lot to the receiver core, obviously with, uh, that's one of the things I was going to ask you Jarvis Landry. Were you surprised he went home instead of kind of signing with a contender? I think, I think New Orleans thinks they're a contender clearly. Um, that, that's why you signed Tyron Matthew. I, they're going to give a team like Tampa everything they can handle. I, I think I will pick them to make the playoffs this year. Already bet but, them. I bet, I bet them the second Landry's on. Yeah. But, Plus money. Oh yeah. But the, the more, um, that's more about the other teams, I think, than anything. Like I, I, I don't see it with the Vikings. Are they? What are they going to be defensively? Who is covering anyone for that team? Um, the Bears are going to be one of the three or four worst teams in the league. I wouldn't be. I, I will not be surprised. And in, in fact, I'll say it on your podcast first. I think the, the Lions will finish with a better record than the Bears this season. Um, I think they're better coached. I think that they, frankly, have more talent on their roster outside of the quarterback position. And we have no idea what Justin Fields is. And the bears have decided we just don't, we just don't really care about skill talent or Peterman's a great insurance plan. So, well, well, he might, he might have to play because Justin Fields might get killed in by week eight because they don't have the bodies up front and they don't have anyone for him to throw to. And, and, and I mentioned the NFC West, the NFC South is a horror show outside of Tampa and new Orleans. And the NFC East is, is not very good. I don't think anybody from the NFC East should be able to make the playoffs this year. I think it's gonna be that bad. They just say, you know, well, somebody and when else. you have seven playoff teams, like I think, I think Dallas is still probably going to win that division, but I think it'll be close. Dallas and Philadelphia are the teams. And then I think um, the, the bucks and the saints are the teams. Then you have the Packers, I think will be the only team from the NFC North and the Rams in the West. Then it's all on Trey Lance. What can they get from Trey Lance? Can he get them to nine or 10 wins? Those to me are the seven with the 49ers. Um, the 49ers are scary to me because I cover the Packers and I've seen what they can do. I think Trey Lance introduces a, a level of variance that is um, scary with Kyle Shanahan run game and what they can do. But at the same time, it's, it's hard for me to believe he's going to be less mistake prone than Jimmy Garoppolo was in what will essentially be his rookie season as a, as a starter, if he is in fact the starter. And if he's not, then where do we do? Then, then, then what happens? Yeah. Um, is Debo Samuel going to be there? What's the situation with that? Does that get contentious? It already seems like it's contentious, but does it get worse? Um, and who can stay healthy? Nick Bosa has had some issues staying healthy. Trent Williams is getting up there in age. George Kittle has had issues staying healthy. Who are their secondary receiving options? Um, and, you know, what can they fight off some of the defensive regression that comes from, you know, just being really good last year, especially at the end of the season with D'Amico Ryans? 
those are the seven teams to me. And, and I think there's, ju- there's really three teams. I think it is of the Packers, Rams, and Bucks. Everyone is fighting. To, everyone else is fighting to get into that tier. Yeah. And I think, frankly, the reality is those those are the three best quarterbacks in the NFC. And so, if if it, it if you don't have one of those guys, it's hard for me to see you getting into that tier. I think Dak is clearly a step below that. I think Kyler is clearly a step below that. Guys like Kirk Cousins clearly a step below that, if not two steps below that. Although a lot of people have pointed out, Dak and Kirk Cousins have almost identical statistics. Um, and, uh, you know, Wentz, Wentz is in that next tier. Who's, we'll see with Jalen Hurts. Um, he's, he's, is he the all-time great fantasy stats, not, not great NFL quarterback? Like, he's, he's, he's got to be up there on, on, like, the three or four highest. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be. And then out, out of the AFC, I'm looking at kind of like the AFC North. One, over, what do you think, over or under four-game suspension for Watson? Over. Over. Um, do you think people are underselling the Bengals after their playoff run? Um, no, because if you look at what the Bengals were last year, they were a slightly above average team that got hot and hit some good matchups. Now I think they got better. I think the offensive fixing the offensive line is huge. I love the skill talent um, with Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and and Joe Burrow, but I think losing CJ Uzama is they got a uh, Hurst. They got Hayden Hurst is quietly yeah, but I, don't, I just don't think he's it's not very good. No. Um, it doesn't really do it for me. And then on defense, I th- I thought Lou Anarumo did an awesome job last year, um, especially against Patrick Mahomes. Everyone in the first half of that game was going, "How are you rushing three against Patrick Mahomes?" And in the second half, everyone's going, "Oh my God, they did it rushing three against Patrick Mahomes." I, I don't know. I don't know if they can if they can do it again this season with bailing wire and sheet metal. I think the Ravens are going to be a lot better in that division. Um, I think the Browns, you know, even if, even if Deshaun Watson plays 10 games, um, that Browns team is going to be really good. So I, I think, I think in what is a loaded conference, they have a good chance. I, but, but I think they're a step below a team like the bills. Then again, I think, I kind of think everyone is a step below the bills. Like I think the bills are in their own tier and then there is a secondary tier, whereas in the NFC, like if the Bucks and the Packers and the Buck or and the and the um, the Rams were in the AFC, they'd all also be below the Bills. Yeah. Um, I think there's like eight teams in that second tier, whereas the NFC only has the one tier, and they're all kind of second tier. Um, if Buffalo is that first tier team, so I, mean, I think the Broncos, the Raiders, um, the Ravens, the Bengals are all even maybe the dolphins, the Patriots will see. Um, I, I, it's hard for me to keep Bill Belichick out of the playoffs, given what we've seen from them, the Titans, even if they're in a little bit of a rebuilding spot, I still think they're going to be really good. Mike Vrabel is a really good coach. Um, I, there, there's, there are so many teams that I think can be in the playoffs and, and make some noise that, um, it's, it's just, I think that people are properly rating the Bengals after what we saw. But then again, if they're in the Super Bowl again, or if they're in the AFC championship game again, I think that will be unsurprising. And I think it, it can still be the case that we properly rated them just because it's so jumbled in the middle um, or in, in the, the the top of that AFC that you, you can think they're the sixth best AFC team and they still have about the same chance of getting to the AFC title game as the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Broncos, the Raiders, the Chargers. I mean, again, pick half a dozen teams. Yeah, that's got one last quick question for you. So with um, a lot of these second year quarterbacks are kind of uh, basically in line for some kind of prove it seasons. Davis Mills actually shocked everybody last year. Trevor Lawrence, I don't know what the hell they were doing with their finances this year. Zach Wilson, they loaded him up. 
Um, Lance, we, we don't know what's going to happen. Justin Fields, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Mac Jones had a, he had a, he had a good season. Um, who, who do you expect on who, do, which of those teams you kind of expect to kind of break through the mold and maybe shock some people? Say, say the list again. So basically, so Texans with Davis Mills, Zach Wilson with the Jets, um, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. We're just thinking the teams in year two with a rookie yeah. quarterback. Yeah. Who, I think people are sleeping on the Texans a little bit. I, I don't know why everybody's pegging them as the worst team in football. The Jags obviously did a lot of spending, but Trevor Lawrence did kind of, he, he showed me a little bit in that. I've seen that big week 18 game again. Yeah. I think having, a, having an adult in the room yeah. is going to help the Jaguars a lot. Yeah. Um, I think you're right about the Texans. I think they are a little bit underrated. Yeah. I, think, I think Davis Mills quietly had, um, the best rookie season of any quarterback, not named Mac Jones. Uh, and I, I, I don't, I don't, not even sure it was that close, honestly. Like I thought he was cl- clearly better than Wilson Lawrence Fields. Um, and I think then he's first pick if he's in this draft. Well, he still was like if you got to if you got to see him be an NFL player for yeah. a year, and then he got yeah. to go in this draft, yeah. and then maybe sure. Yeah. He was he pretty unproven coming yeah. out of college, which was one of the reasons why he fell. But yeah. to your point, there were there was rumors um, that the Patriots like at the end of the first, we're considering Davis Mills, that they loved him, but they also loved Mac Jones. And it just so happened that they got a chance. They, they assumed Mac Jones was going to be gone. Yeah. And so that, that, that would have been their guy. And that was when the first time I was like, wait, is this going to happen? Is this guy going to go? The guy that we've seen play nine games in his college career, I think maybe more than that, but, but essentially, um, and it turned out that that was, that was the case. Um, I think you're right about that. I think I think Trevor Lawrence getting some receiver help. And Christian Kirk's wide Christian Kirk is, is real deal. <laughs> I think you're going to get more from LaVisca Chenault if you're Doug Peterson. Um, I think they're going to have good balance. They get Travis Etienne back for whatever that's worth. I think in the in the pass catching game, I think that's useful. And I just I want to bet on Trevor Lawrence's talent. I mean, I, I think he's an unbelievable player and leader and and culture setter that I want to I want to bank on that. But I also really like what the Jets did. Um, I don't think they're going to be one of the three worst teams in the league again, or five yeah, I think worst they're, teams. I five and a half right now. I feel like that's too low. Yeah, I would I would take the over, but but only sort of barely. Like they could be a seven and nine or seven and ten team. What is that? how how many games are we playing this year? Seven and yeah. ten team. Like that wouldn't surprise me if they went eight and nine. That wouldn't yeah. surprise me, um, especially because I think I think the Dolphins, frankly, are going to be a little worse than people think. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I think all of those teams will be better with the exception of the Bears, who just objectively got worse. I thought Mike Tanier wrote a really good piece for Football Outsiders that was just sort of like, I don't understand why the Bears didn't care enough about Justin Fields to try and add, even understanding that they were in, they inherited an ugly situation with Ryan Pace. That one doesn't make sense to me. I think that's the I, football the football power index by ESPN um, had them as the worst team in the league. The Bears. Yep. Wow. And I look at that roster and I go, who has less talent than that team right now? If you just like, if, if we just take what Justin Fields was last year, which was like Falcons, Falcons. Was, are, yeah. The Falcons are close, but like Kyle Pitts is probably more talented yeah. than anyone, any skill player, certainly than, than the bears have. Um, I, I love Drake London for them. Grady Jarrett is still on that team. Like I, I it's, it's close. I think you're right. The Falcons would be in that conversation too, but like, those are the two yeah beyond that it's like it's it's a yikes that thing is a, is a, a yikes we see so, seattle in that mix okay but at least they have two really good skill players That's, yeah and like I, even if you're drew lock like you can't screw it up like i think with geno smith they could win seven or eight games yeah um 
and and the defense there's still some there's still some pieces there um you know you lose Bobby Wagner but they've been they've been building that up a little bit it's quietly not a great roster you're right but but I think they have enough offensive skill talent enough offensive line that like you could put a, a replacement level quarterback in there and be okay a replacement level quarterback in Chicago is like what do you do Byron Pringle Equinemia St. Brown, no shots to him. Like I, I thought he was always capable of doing more in Green Bay's offense. And clearly Luke Getze agreed because he brought him over from Green Bay. But man, that roster is bad. It's really bad. And I I I, I don't understand wasting a year. I mean, like I would rather than they much the, rather they have they get the Virginia Tech with 11 toes, right? The backup running back, uh Khalil Herbert. Yes, right, yes, Khalil skill, Herbert. I always want to call him right Khalil there. Mack, but that's yeah, uh, that's, that's some skill, that's some good uh, skill uh, talent right there. No. Yeah, please take all the running backs, trade up for David Montgomery, trade. You know, just just keep loading up on running backs. That that'd be great. I would love for you to do that, Chicago. Keep doing it. Actually, there's one last quick one for you. Why aren't the Steelers addressing the offensive line? I I don't know. I don't. I honestly do not know. It does not make sense. Um, but thank God they have. Um, Kenny small hands. I mean, I mean, the, 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 the repertoire of his targets are phenomenal. The defense is phenomenal. I can't tell you who's on their own line this year. No, it's bad. And it was bad last year. And they went out and decided that the best way to move forward was to take a quarterback. And then, and then, you know, I, I really liked George Pickens and I really liked Calvin Austin for them and, and, and DeMarvin Leal. Like I thought they got some really nice players in the draft, but to look at this offensive line, I just pulled up their depth chart. Now they signed, they signed James Daniels from Chicago. Con- congratulations. Um, they, they added Cole Mason, congratulations, or Mason Cole, who knows how, how his name is spelled. Two people with two first names. You can't trust them. Packers drafted two of them. Uh, Dan Moore Jr. Is their left tackle. Are, are in, the Car- in the Cardinals. I, I have no idea who that is. Like I, it's just one of those things. Like I, I cover the league. They, they drafted him uh, last year. They could have like, they could have easily traded up for Trevor Penning, gotten Trevor Penning, and then gotten Pickett what third round? They they could have done a million other things than what they did, and they paid uh, Okorum for. So it's just like you know, I, I think right? Did they give him a contract? Sure. Um, if if they didn't, they're going to. Um, and so it's just yeah, I didn't get it. Kevin Dotson is 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 still playing guard for them, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't quite see the plan there, but thank God they used a first round pick on Najee Harris. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's And then with some of these other free agents that are still out there, do you like any potential fits? I mean, do you, any of these receivers intrigue you for the Packers? Julio's still out there. Beckham's still out there. Obviously both coming off kind of. I've been injuries. making the case for, for, for Odell, just because I think if you're the Packers, you can wait for him. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the idea of Will Fuller. Matt LaFleur loves Will Fuller. Um, they were together at Notre Dame briefly. Um, and the Packers Packers previously tried to, um, previously tried to trade for him. So I think that's something to think about. And I think if you're the Packers, yes, you drafted Romeo dubs who can stretch the field. You drafted Christian Watson who can stretch the field, but that's not really what Sammy Watkins does anymore. So, and it was never really what he did the best. Um, he could do it, but it wasn't really what he did. Um, and so it would be, I think it would be cool. Yeah. Even if he's only going to play six, eight games, fine. He's going to help Christian Watson. He's going to help Romeo dubs and he's going to be a veteran, a veteran speed receiver. We've seen how many speed receivers have we seen who just like it's like shooting in basketball. Like JJ Reddick could, could have played five more years. 
Yep. Ray Allen played five more years than anyone thought he could because some of those things, like you can shoot a basketball forever. The weird thing about, about football players is you can run, run fast forever. Deshaun Jackson's had a lot of injuries. He's still fast as hell. Oh, yeah. Ted Ginn was a useful speed receiver down the field well into his 30s. John Ross will get another shot. Don't worry. But yeah. Listen, this happens. We see yeah. it all, all the time. And Sammy Coates was, was terrible for the Steelers, but he was big and can run fast and he continued to get opportunities. You can run forever. And so I think Will Fuller, like at a certain point, if you, once you lose it, you, you lose it. Right. But, and it can go really fast. Julio Jones, all of a sudden he just like, can't move anymore. Yeah. Um, so this is not, the, this is not true for everyone, but there are these guys who can just run fast forever. And I thought, I think in 2020, the last time we saw Will Fuller actually play, did he even play last year? No, he was hurt. And so we saw, we saw in 2020 when he was last playing before he got suspended, um, that he, he, he became much more than just a speed guy. Um, you know, in a lot like what we talked about with Robbie Anderson, but he became a real bona fide number one receiver. And I think that's the upside play here is I don't think the, the Julio juice is coming back. Um, I would much rather just try and manufacture my third and sixes with guys like Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers and Aaron Jones and just trying and big Bob Tunyon and just trying to figure that stuff out and then take a flyer on someone like Will Fuller, or Odell Beckham, who, if they can get back healthy, we have more upside. I don't, I don't know that the upside with Julio is really there at this point in his career. Um, and so that's, that's where I would be looking if I were the Packers. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I can't wait for the season to start. Uh, Celtics are not doing great. NBA playoffs is going to wind it down. Really. I'm getting into hockey and baseball is going on, which is, I haven't watched a single game, um, but I do really appreciate you taking time. How can people follow you on social? Also check out the uh, locked on Packers podcast. Yeah. At Peter underscore Bukowski on Twitter. Um, locked on Packers is on YouTube. You can subscribe there if you're a YouTube watcher um, or it's wherever you get podcasts. And then uh, would love for you to check out locked on sports today. Um, that's our daily, um, all sports podcast. It's like picture, like the first 15 minutes of sports center. It's the big stories, headlines, and a little bit of analysis from our network. We have the best network of, of local experts coming on to give you the, the latest. So, um, that's on the, you can find that on, um, the OTT, any Tegna station app. Um, it's on YouTube and, uh, it's available wherever you get podcasts. Awesome, man. Awesome. man. We do appreciate the time.